Welcome to Lift Your Legacy. My name is Jacob Rupp, father, husband, and rabbi. And each week, we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you unlock your inner potential and create change that will impact the future. Thank you for listening, and let's get to it. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining me today. I am really, really thrilled about today's interview. I interviewed a professional bodybuilder and Instagram phenomenon who has done an amazing job not only in her bodybuilding career, but is so honest and genuine about her personal struggles, the things that hold back her clients, how to effectively approach a life of change, what motivates you to work out, how to love yourself. Like we covered everything. And she was not afraid to go deep and be honest about her struggles, her miraculous story of recovery, which is absolutely crazy, and uh, a bunch of other very practical things. So her name is Alyssa Rose. You can find her Alyssa Rose underscore fit on Instagram. And I am just thrilled for this conversation. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, Lift Your Legacy is committed to helping you live a more authentic and meaningful life. That being said, if I could ask you to share this podcast with someone that you think would get value from the message, that would be fantastic. In addition, I wanted to make you aware that along with the podcast, I do offer executive coaching. I help people who are successful and highly motivated, who want to see extreme, or not even so extreme, maybe just a small change that in their life. I want to help them get to the next level. What does that mean specifically? Creating more peace in your relationships with yourself, growing your business, clarifying your career, and even if you need a little bit of help losing some weight or getting more healthy, I do that also. I'm not for everyone, but for those people that are invested in making their life better and taking the next step, I highly recommend you consider me as a coach for you. Now, how do you get in touch? Well, you found the podcast. I wanted to tell you also my email, Jacob, my first name, Jacob at Lift your legacy dot live feel free please to reach out there or on all any or all of my social media channels i'd be thrilled to give you a complimentary half an hour conversation to see if we might be a good fit to work together and now with no further ado i ask you to please sit back and enjoy the show Alyssa rose i'm thrilled to have you on now we have had a wide variety of people who have come on our show from psychologists to business executives to MMA fighters. Uh, I think you might be the most fit person that's ever, uh, ever really been here as a, as a professional bodybuilder. And in addition, someone that does a lot of work in the mindset and trauma healing space. I'm like, there's a lot of, a lot of great things going on here that you're an expert in. So I'm excited to have you on. Thank you. Thank you. I know. I'm really excited to you know, explain my journey and how I've helped others along the way. 
Amazing. So get me up to speed right now. You, you live in Ocean Beach in San Diego, which is one of my favorite places in the world. And especially as the temperature dips down here, I, I miss more and more. How did you get into, because I mean, you can't see that people can't see this over necessarily YouTube or, or, the, uh, or, the, or the podcast, but like you are like a professional bodybuilder who has broken all, like people won't, like people don't get it. You know, they're going to, the people like look at bodybuilders and they have a certain expectation. So mm -hmm. everyone thinks like, okay, this is how bodybuilders are. But like, how did you get into it? And like, what was that process like for you? Yeah. So, um, I started weight training my senior year of high school. I didn't quite understand bodybuilding at that time. I was like actually bullied for my body, um, from elementary school on. I went through like a lot of like traumatizing bullying so um, I played soccer for 12 years and I stopped soccer to work because I wanted to drive and I was told if you want to drive, you got to work. So <laughs> uh, I enjoyed working though. I've been working since I was like 15. And then before that, like my grandparents owned businesses. So I would like work in their office. Like if I could make money, I was always trying to do it. <laughs> like, so I've always been like very entrepreneurial and very like money driven in a way that it's like, okay that is the currency to give me what I want. So, okay, what can I do to acquire it? So that's always been my mindset. So to me, it doesn't surprise me that I'm like running my own business today. Um, but as I, you know, went through that journey in high school and just understanding myself better and accepting myself in my body, um, I definitely didn't have the best health and fitness habits my senior year because it was like the skinny look was praised. So, I did a lot of cardio and I was restricting my diet. I understood eating healthy, but I didn't understand, I didn't understand like nourishing myself with like, you know, like a bountiful amount of like carbohydrates and fats. I feel like I was on some like low protein, low fat, low carb diet. A low, a low eating diet. Yeah. <laughs> so I didn't understand that yet. Um, but I lost like a lot of weight and the person I was dating at the time had like a workout gym in his uh garage and he was really into bodybuilding and I was like hmm okay so that's how you like shape your body so I started I asked him I was like can I like work out in your gym and he wanted to help me I was like no no, no. you can't help me I have to do this all by myself so that's when I started like understanding weights and then when I went to college my freshman year to SDSU and there was this huge gym and I was like, I fell in love, but it took me a while to like get into the heavy strength training. That would be more like my second semester of that year because I don't know, I gained like the whole freshman 15, 20 pounds from like drinking and like, you know, being on this like freshman meal plan where you have like a swipe card, you just like go buy food everywhere. So I just, yeah, <laughs> great. Um, so I was really unhappy with myself and I realized like I didn't want, like drinking. I actually stopped drinking for like two years after that. Like I remember going to the gym and being like hungover and I was like, I'm never drinking again. And like since that day, I didn't drink for two years and like I'm still not like a huge drinker. Um, but I, I just realized that stuff compromised my fitness goals and that my fitness goals were a lot more important than doing that. And like I had fun and having a good time in other wholesome ways. So let me let me ask you was there a point because i know at least for myself that mm -hmm. when you look at professional weightlifters most people don't think that they could actually look that way <laughs> was there a moment for you when you're just like i'm going to go for it like how did that work um what's interesting is 
I was weight training just because I loved it. I loved feeling strong. I loved the way it made me feel. I loved like getting like muscle pumps. Like it was never my intention to really look the way I do right now. Like I've never had like a huge image in my mind of what I wanted to look like. I just loved training. I loved the way it made me feel. I knew it was good for me. I liked eating healthy. I knew that was good for me. So just feeling fulfilled by like feeling my body, my, you know, my mind, my soul, like the gym was very therapeutic for mm -hmm. me. I went through a few different things um, that year. Health wise, I had like developed gut tape psoriasis, which was I was told an incurable skin disease. So I was like 90% of my body were just like covered in these spots. Um, I'm psoriasis free, medication free for like three years now. Yeah. So thankfully I beat that. Um, that was kind of like, like a miracle. <laughs> but the gym was just like the place that I felt safe. I felt like um, I could still nourish myself and like be healthy. Um, can, but, I just, can I stop you with that? Because I think you said something that's so crucial because a lot of people, I just, I, I'm just wanting to replay what I'm hearing you say, I think. Yeah. A lot of people look at the gym or people that are involved with fitness and they, they like hate it. And they think that the people who, are in the gym are just like gluttons for punishment. And <laughs> those, you, that never works. Like no one who's in the gym and enjoying it, at least it sounds like for, from you and certainly for myself, that's not work. Like that's fun. You, yeah. you like doing that. Yeah, exactly. Well, I always tell my clients, like you have to approach the gym and like fitness out of love for yourself. You're doing it because you love yourself, not because you hate yourself um, and accepting yourself as you are right now. So it's the energy that we put into it, right? It's, cra it's crazy because, because how many people do you see that are motivated to change based on hating themselves? Like a lot, right? Mm -hmm. Right. But the thing is, if they're not happy right now, they won't be happy like 20 pounds lighter, like with 10 pounds of more muscle on them because they did it a lot of hate for themselves, not because they love themselves already, you know? Like, it's okay to feel uncomfortable and like not be, not be in like the body you want to be, but you still have to accept yourself as you are today or else, you know, you'll never be happy. So that's a crazy thing. So when you start working with someone, how, how fast into the conversation do you try to figure that out and then address it? Oh, right away before they even get into my program. So okay. I actually like qualify clients through application in an interview process because to me, like it's a mentorship program. Like I'm investing in you, you're investing in me. So we need to get to know each other. I need to understand your thought process, your goals. So, you know, it's like a 50 minute, sometimes an hour long um, interview call because like, I really want to get to know this person. How do they think? How do they feel about themselves? How do they view the gym? What are their habits and behaviors and patterns? And then from there, I'll actually individually sign them homework that have to do with like what their current thought patterns are and like how we can adjust them and switch them. It's crazy. Okay. I, I, I got us off track. So get us, get us back in. So you're, 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 you're mid college. Now you're, you're now into strength training. It's not like you want to look like a, a pro bodybuilder, but you're just, you're just getting good at it. Yeah. So, um, I started getting like, I didn't realize my genetic potential because I was always told like, Oh, your legs are too big, thunder thighs, blah, blah, blah. So like what I was being harassed for and bullied for in like middle school elementary school high school is like what i'm being praised for now and it's right. like super dualistic you know how did you how did you deal with it like i think that you know it's funny because 
personally, as you know, in business and in my religious practice, I feel like so much of it ties back to fitness and health. And I think that there's a really deep life lesson there, which is that thing which you stick out for that people oftentimes are criticizing you for. If you just nurture that, that becomes your greatest asset. Mm -hmm, definitely. And now, um, well, okay. So people started like complimenting my genetic potential and like my muscle mass and the shape. And they're like, have you ever thought about competing? I'm like, what's this competing thing? I was like, I just like lifting weights. It's just so much fun, you know? Yeah. And they're like, you need to compete. And I'm like, okay, let me look into it. And I did a ton of research. I watched like different girls, like prep blog videos, like seeing their process from someone who, you know, to amateurs, to professionals, I dealt through like tons of articles. I've talked to people who I knew that competed. And I'm like, is this a good decision for me? And uh, at 19, I still had like spots all over my body. I wasn't healed from my psoriasis yet. And I was like, you know what? Screw it. Like, these are my fitness goals. Like, I'm, I got rid of the victim mentality. And once I accepted and loved myself, it's crazy. This is just an energy shift. Once I accepted and loved myself, my skin started to clear up more. That's insane. Yeah. <laughs> can you can you tell me a little bit about because at the end of the day like that's where the magic happens mm -hmm. when i mean in your case it was actually seemed to be like magic happening but like how so, are you able to get from that victim mentality to a, a mentality where you were just going to accept and love yourself uh i was in a very very dark place mentally like very dark it's like suicidal thoughts. Like I just didn't want to be here anymore. And I was like, wait, why am I doing this? Like I've, I'm still who I am inside and here and here, you know, in my head and my heart, that doesn't change. This is what defines me. It's not the exterior that defines me. So was it, if, if, if you're okay with me asking, was it, was it external stuff that was driving you into the darkness? Was it, was it just kind of like genetics and, like, was it inside? Like, cause I, I, I don't know if you're open to, to discussing, but mm -hmm. I feel like so many people harbor these really dark thoughts mm -hmm. and they think they're just messed up and there's something wrong with them. And they don't realize how widespread this is, especially amongst high performing people. Mm -hmm. Well, emotions and trauma, right? This is more of like a spiritual aspect. The more we harbor the emotions and darkness inside of us, um, it manifests physically into illnesses. So skin is actually a physical manifestation, skin stuff of paternal energy. Um, I didn't know this at the time. I found out actually like quite recently. Um, <laughs> so, but the, the darkness, like I said, came from just me victimizing myself as in like, I'm ugly now. Who's going to love me? I have spots all over my body. Like I was failing four different medications at that time. Um, end up getting my tonsils removed because it was caused specifically by strep throat that got undetected. Um, so, and then I was on like my, my last chance of like medicine of what could work. Otherwise I'd have to spend like almost six figures in injectable medicine for the rest of my life. And I was like, hell no. <laughs> I'm like, nope, this is working. <laughs> like this is working. But it was, um, you know, me first initially accepting myself and loving myself as I am today um you know with you know these visual what impurities someone might say um and you know deciding for myself that i'm still going to go after my goals like i'm still 
going to, you know, at the time I wanted to be like a hotel manager for like a Ritz Carlton or something high end. Cause I've always worked in like high end hotels and resorts and I decided to compete. Right. And I was like, if I still have spots in my body, it's fine. You know what? I'm still going to go on that stage. Cause it doesn't matter. I still put in the work. This is my physique. Like it's just skin, you know? So I think being told like it's incurable, it's incurable over and over and over again. Like how, how do I like completely care of an incurable disease, you know? And it's because essentially I think everything physical is like disease of like the mind, you know, it's trying to teach us something. It's a lesson. So once I moved past that, I actually did compete. I got on stage. Ironically enough, um, my skin did flare up that week and more spots started to manifest and like, it was a huge test for me. And, you know, I still stuck with it. And literally after that, my skin cleared. <laughs> you got to tell me about what you were telling yourself as, because again, just not for those of my mm -hmm. audience that are not aware, you compete in a bathing suit. And so it's like, there could be nothing more. It's not like you're, you know, getting up and giving a presentation and you're, you're completely covered. Like it's, it's the opposite. And they're judging you on, on yeah. your appearance, you yeah. know? So it's like, so, so you, you agree to do this very brave thing. And then as you're preparing for it, it's, you know, it's getting worse and worse. What are you telling yourself to convince yourself to get up on that stage instead of just call it in and not do it? Well, it was ironic. It was my peak week, which is like the week that you prepare uh, and peak your body and physique to, you know, look the tightest, driest, yet fullest on stage. Um, and I was like, yeah, I already did all the work, you know, and I said I was going to do it and I always do what I'm going to say. Um, so I just, I had to accept at first. I, I did cry. I was like on the phone with my mom, like, you know, that I'm not going to lie. That happened. I did have my moment of weakness, but I overcame with a moment of strength and reminded myself that, you know, I put in all this work and I said I was going to do it and I'm doing it for me at the end of the day. I'm not doing it for anyone. And that's the thing with competitions and competing. So many people do it for ego validation and, yeah, while, while, you know, your ego does want to be validated because you want that to win, you want the qualifications, you want the trophy and the recognition, like you have to do it for yourself. So just remembering that, um, that I was doing it for myself and I said I was going to do it. So, You know, what's, what's so inspiring about that is also that so many people put in the work and all it is is literally just going and doing that last step. You know, it's like mm -hmm. people invest so much time in whatever craft they're trying to do. And then at the last minute, it's like, and, and, and I find that with, with myself with so, I mean, you know, I say, I tell my clients this, which is another way of saying that I have to tell myself this all the time, but it's like, you know, it's like, it's there, just pick it up and, and, and carry it across the finish line. Cause you put in all the work and so many of people's dreams of our dreams, like die right before that finish line. And, and it's, and it's so sad. So that's such an inspiring story about just like, you already did the work, like just go up there and do it and accept it, accept it, the whatever it is. Exactly. And I feel like with competing, like so many people, it is judgmental. It is a, you know, subjective sport. Um, but you have to be okay with that in yourself and know that none of these things do define you. I've talked to competitors who are like second, third in the world and they told me that it could still feel very empty. And it is because that's not what fulfills you at the end of the day. Um, a lot of people make competing about themselves. And I started to be on that trajectory at first. And I realized that it's not for me. I actually took, so I did another show. I actually didn't even win at this point. 
Um, and then I took three years off, but the goals were always in my mind. I always wanted to be Miss Olympia. I've always wanted to, you know, go pro. I've always wanted to do these things and it's never gone away no matter how many years I took off the stage. Um, but ironically enough, uh, so there's the bikini division, then there's figure and then there's women's physique. And to be honest, my body, um, it could look more like the bikini division, but I have just genetically a lot more muscle. Like I look like that shape, but my body doesn't want to be small. It wants to be strong. And um, when I was like 20, my first coach, he was like, you know, you need, like it's not here right now, but the wellness division is your look. Like it was overseas. And um, I, last year, the or this year, I guess, when I knew I was going to compete, I competed in July. I won my first show back. That was amazing. Um, I was like, just thinking like I'd be great if the wellness division came like I'm ready for that and two months later that they announced that 2020 the wellness division was here so it was like the universe is like communicating with me it's like okay you did your healing you waited you're patient you're seeing your purpose you're finding yourself you're coming into yourself you're realizing like why you're here and it's to help others and spread love and enlightenment it's not about me anymore but I'm going to give you this portal and this this way to um you know be to you know encompass this and be on this journey and i'm gonna i'm gonna give you what you want but there's some other requirements for you so you know what i i love about again it's it's not people shouldn't think that this is just a a statement about fitness and a statement mm -hmm. about bodybuilding because it's totally not is that no. our our bodies and our genetics lead us to one place that is ideal. Like I, I interviewed, this was like a crazy, it was a crazy story. I interviewed a, a professional musician and he said he just sleeps and he hears the music and he writes it down. And I'm mm -hmm. like, that's insane. But it shows like what happens when you're 100% in sync with your purpose. Mm -hmm. And so often we try to look at the categories and figure out like, how do I stick myself in a category that's not the right fit? But if you stay true to yourself and realize that this is not they just haven't made my category yet. But if mm -hmm. I do more self-work, eventually the category will materialize. It's like, it's crazy when that validation happens. Yeah. And when I like received that information, I was like, okay. I was like, I understand why you made me wait. I understand why I had to wait. And I think just being patient <laughs> and not rushing anything and going with the flow, like, I thought I was going, so I'm not pro yet, but I thought I was going to go pro this year because I had plans um, after my show to compete at the national level in Vegas. And I had so much going on in my life at the time. I was going through a breakup. I moved, like prep was getting really intense. And that, you know, that breakup was like very, very, very toxic. And it took a long time. And I had more inner work to deal with. I had more stuff to deal with um, in here. So when I, my coach, it was insane. I was cleaning my apartment. Um, this was, I went through a really dark phase this summer too, but it was just, you know, like I said previously before we were recording, it was, I went through like a death and like rebirth this summer. So it was like that old part of me that had to like die, right? Before I had, before I could like come into this next version of myself. So I was really, really. But for people that don't know, but for people that don't know you and don't understand, 
at, you've been doing this while you still have an extremely like vibrant public platform. It's, I don't know what, you, like, I don't know what I, I lose track on your Instagram, but like there are 200,000 people or probably a lot more by this point that, that like are following you. And so that's also a crazy thing is so often when we try to venture out into these leadership positions and then our life falls apart, there's such a natural, I don't know how you say it, like a natural desire to think that you've, I kept, I don't know, for me personally, I kept trying to evolve out of like a midlife crisis, you know? Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh my God, it's still happening. It's still happening. And, I, and I'm like giving all this advice. Then I'm like, I am falling apart, but it's maybe, maybe if you could give a little bit of, of insight into what it's like to have this quote, you know, death and rebirth while having a very public persona. Well, um, I feel like with like having this public persona, I actually took a break from sharing a lot um, in like July and August. I took a break from clients because I wasn't at a place to serve because I needed to serve myself at that time. Um, sitting under the rug and crying time a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. I actually spent a lot of time in nature, a lot of time reading, meditating, um, hiking, just discovering myself more, spending time being present. I got off the technology and just, I was just with what was around me. You know, I just moved to this new place. So I wanted to just discover myself more. And um, yeah, so I just went through like a huge healing journey. I was doing yoga four days a week. Like I just did whatever I could to raise my vibration. That was the journey I was on. I was like, all right, raising my vibration. We're doing healing. <laughs> So. You know, no, but I, I, you know, that's another very practical lesson, which, which, you know, this is, it's a whole like rabbit hole to go down, but, but there is such a desire in our world to medicate or distract yourself away from the problem. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you know, and, and again, everyone, you need what, what you need, but there is such a, you know, I'm hurting. So I'm going to go either try to find legal or illegal substances to make myself mm -hmm. kind of get numb or I'm going to just binge Netflix forever. And I want to ignore, what's that? It's all distraction. Yeah. And you're distracting yourself. And, and what you're saying, what actually got you through it was shutting all this stuff off mm -hmm. and tuning into your physical body or the physical environment around you. Mm -hmm. And just really working on, because it's a crazy thing if you think about it, because so many of the problems that we wind up having are either how we respond to the past or how we're relating to the future. And the others eat for numbing that or we're like trying to trying to get away from that it's just gonna follow us but if you live right now it's mm -hmm. like you're okay right now well there's sickle patterns so if we don't take care of it right now then this same cycle will manifest in other ways until we learn that lesson so i was like you know what i'm learning the lesson we're not repeating this so Let's just do it now yeah off. i'm like way too in tune with myself to not have done that um because when I feel off, like automatically, I'm like, all right, what is it? Let's address this. Let's figure this out. Um, so I had to do that internal work. Um, and I have way too big of goals and I want to help too many people. So, or I want to help a lot of people. There's no such thing as too many, but I knew I had to like take care of myself first and that I had to learn this lesson. And that's what life is. It's like us teaching us through these experiences so we can help educate others. And I started to attract a lot of women afterwards who, you know, were going through what I went through or, you know, um, you know, still needing healing from that. And I was able to provide information and, you know, healing and help others. 
uh, on their journey because of what I had just gone through and what I had just learned. So it's all full circle. You, you know, it's, it's amazing. I feel, I don't know if you ever listened to, uh, I'm, I'm a, happen to be a big Oprah fan. And, uh, and so she does a lot of the stuff. She's always saying, oh, that's a, that's a tweetable moment. I don't, I don't use Twitter, but, uh, I'm very <laughs> but um, that, that other thing that you just said was also like a huge, a huge lesson, which is a lot of times, I mean, it's, it's very much you and it's like your theme, but it's like, when you have a goal and a desire and then life kind of slaps you in the face, a lot of people might just drop the goal. And it's like, well, you know, my category doesn't exist or, you know, I wanted to help a million or millions of people, but my life sucks right now. So let's just drop that down to maybe I'll, maybe I'll get a dog and I'll, I'll help the dog. You know what I'm saying? But like nothing wrong with helping dogs do that too. But, <laughs> but rather than shrink your vision, you kept your vision and you just realized you had to heal yourself. Mm -hmm. I even expanded on my vision. I started to understand my soul purpose more, which is to, you know, spread love and enlightenment here. <laughs> when, when you, there's a lot of broken hearted people. I know that sounds cliche, but anyone that works in this space knows that it's very, very true. Mm -hmm. When a person is there and just, you know, is and it's it's sad, but is 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 crying when no one's looking or when people are looking. But even worse, when people aren't looking, because that's when they feel like they can just finally kind of be with themselves, and they and they don't they don't love themselves, and they don't know, you know, they're waiting for the other shoe to drop, so to speak. And 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 life has a lot of bad stuff, and they don't think it's going to get much better. What do you tell them? Like, how do you get yourself out of that headspace? Um, how do you get yourself out of like a dark headspace? I think it's just a matter of perspective. The same energy that we put into negativity is the same currency that we can put into positivity. And it all starts with like gratitude. And like I said, accepting as yourself right now, like there's a balance to everything. It's not all dark. There is light. It's just you, you know, seeking to find that light and truth in yourself. So I start with gratitude and that's what we should all start with. Like we have a lot to be grateful for. Um, it's okay to be unhappy with, you know, where you're at right now, but it doesn't end there. Um, only if you choose for it to, you know? Um, so in terms of healing mm -hmm. and, and working on that stuff. So how do you, I mean, what's, what's really interesting again, and, and I love this because I see the nuance, but I don't know if other people, I mean, I, first of all, I love the fact that you know, I, I like MMA a lot and, I, and I, I do that a little bit and I, I like the gym a lot. And so people are like, oh, you must be an idiot. And I'm like, well, actually, no. And I think there's a fair amount of people that are nice, normal people that like to work out and like to fight. But when, when it comes to um, taking on too much, mm -hmm. it comes to, you know, so like people, you would think, okay, you see Alyssa, you think this is a, this is a lady that is, you know, extremely dedicated to looking fantastic, helping people with the gym, helping people look better and, and, and really like change their life on a physical basis. And then you're like, no, slow down. I, I can't even work with you because you're not, you're not, your head's not right. How much, how do you like slow a person down or how much should a person take on in the process of trying to get towards like what they want? For their like physical goals? I think, you know, break it down physical and mental. Like if you, if you could. Well, if they're at a place right now where they feel like they're being drained, then they need to figure out what's draining them first. Like what, you know, where do you feel triggered? Where, you know, what are your negative triggers? And then eliminating them. And sometimes we need to make things a little bit linear. Um, like, 
just more like, okay, like just detaching a lot of emotion from things. We're very like subjective beings. So when we kind of like compartmentalize certain, certain things, it helps us. And then, you know, like I said, realizing like what's draining us, what's causing toxicity, um, and then assessing from there. So, um, wait, you're, you're, you're doing great. Let, <laughs> let's slow that one down a little bit if you could. De-emotionalizing stuff. What, what does that mean? Um, well, it depends. Like what's making you unhappy? Like a lot of, it, honestly, it all comes down to relationships. Uh, whenever I talk to men and women, I'm like, okay, I'm like, so who's the man in your life? Who's the woman in your life? What's going on there? And it all comes down to like toxic relationships because those are reflections of us and things that we need to heal. Hmm. Um, so it, it honestly, like that's kind of where that answer comes from. It's like, oh, you're defining your worth behind how this person treats you. Cause you're, you know, they're projecting on you and then you're seeing yourself through their lens. So that's honestly what it has really come down to a lot of like toxic relationships with people. How do you de-emotionalize a toxic relationship? Um, I think you have to remove yourself from it first okay. and then see it for the lessons. Cause it's not about, you know, that person anymore. It's, it's about you and what it was supposed to teach you which takes a lot of like patience. Um, people want things to happen right away, uh, but you have to be very patient with yourself. Let's say, let's say a person is suffering from how they see themselves either physically or around money. So is that also something that you would advise to de-emotionalize when you look at it? Money? Yeah, money or I'm saying also like if a person that's, I, you know, I feel fat, I feel disgusting. Right. So like, how do you take him? Cause those are very charged words. Like how do you de-emotionalize that? I don't know well, if that's a word, but you know what I mean? What I actually have my clients do is if they have negative thought patterns to write them down and then draw a line. And then on the other end, write the positive, write what you want to be. And those are the affirmations you need to say. If you tell yourself all the time, I'm fat, I'm this, I'm that, then you're going to manifest all of that into you. But if you're telling yourself all these positive things, then you're going to align yourself in that, you know, vibration and direction to become more of that. And you start to believe it. So affirmations are super important. And what you speak to yourself, you know, thoughts are, you know, charged vibrations. So it's like, what do you want to manifest more of? More fear, more hate, more anger, more guilt? Or do you want to manifest more love, more positivity, you know, more light? All these things. It's up to you. It's just a perspective shift. Okay. So like, what's, what's next for you? You're, you're, you're still young. You're still competing. You mm -hmm. are growing what looks like not just a fitness business, but really a lifestyle um, all encompassing situation over here. So like, what are you passionate about? Who do you want to help? Mm -hmm. And how do people help like get themselves in your orbit? Yeah, I want to help people who really want to like make a difference in their life and others. Um, I feel like to me, I've been naturally attracting other healers and people who, you know, want to like spread love and light into others and really, really help people. Um, we have our world is very like split between like very selfish ego driven people and very, you know, empathetic, selfless people. Um, and it's just like, kind of like finding that balance of we're all one, we're all in this together. So 
just naturally attracting those clients has kind of like manifested in my life, which has been great. Um, but who I want to help or just people who want to like really better themselves. Um, there, you asked a lot of questions. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, wait, which one am I answering? <laughs> well, uh, does, do, do you feel like, I know this is, this is nuanced and, and I've, I've been asking a lot of questions. Do you feel in terms of the women that you work with mm -hmm. that the challenges that they face different, like the mindset differs depending on how old they are. Let's say a, a 17 year old girl, that, a woman that comes to you or a 30 year old, or I don't know how, if you work with like a, like a 50 year old, like are women kind of suffering with all the same stuff or is it like really different depending on the generation? Um, no, because I've worked with older women. I've worked with teenagers, worked with women in their twenties or thirties, and it all comes down to how they feel about themselves. And if they're not loving themselves, you know, that's just actually women who are older have more to address because they've been through so much more, you know? Um, uh-huh. What'd you say? It's, 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 it's fascinating because someone had told me early in my in my rabbi career that if you want to make the biggest impact, like talk to old people. Cause like they have, they have the, you know, hopefully the humility and the life experience to appreciate what you have to say. Yeah. Well, a lot of women who are like forties, thirties or like fifties are like, dude, I've had enough. I'm done. Like, I don't want to be this person anymore. I've hated myself for 40 years. You know, I can't live the rest of my life like this. And sometimes it does take that, take people that long to like wake up and want to like come into themselves and that's okay. You know, it's, it's so, it's so heartbreaking though, because you're, you know, like it, it's just so heartbreaking because people don't have to suffer. You know what I mean? And it's like the, the help is out there if they just reach out, but who would, yeah, it's, 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 it's great that they figured it out when they did, but it's just like tragic that people have bad rela relationships for years and bad self-esteem for years and bad health for years. It's just like, it's sad, you know? It's the generations we grow up in now. I feel like we're entering a more woke generation. So people healing industrial <laughs> trauma. <laughs> like I'm not doing this, right? What? Yeah, people are just like, I'm not, I'm not doing this. And it's been like, you know, three minutes, you know, that they've, yeah. that they've been suffering. But uh, okay, amazing. How do people find you and learn more about what you do? Yeah, they can find me um, on my Instagram, which is Alyssa Rose underscore fit. Um, usually I like do a lot of contact through there. Um, people can like DM me or sign up for my coach, email me. I'm like very responsive. So yeah. Outstanding. I so appreciate the time. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you. There you have it, folks, another inspiring episode. If you enjoyed this, I ask you to please share this with your friends and to like us over on Rabbi Rupp through Facebook or on YouTube. And the more that we're able to get these important messages out, the more that we can really make an impact in the world. So I encourage you, please, to stay tuned. Uh, we have a ton of amazing speakers coming up and also to tell your friends about it. Thank you very much.